you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. Hi, guys. Welcome to today's bonus episode. We are doing a whole bonus series this week, and today we are releasing training number three. Training number three in terms of setting limits with kids without spanking timeouts or sticker charts. I hope you've been enjoying the training so far. And I hope you're gearing up to join me live so I can coach you. I can get to know you. I can become a fly on the wall of your life. So sign up for our special mini program next week, Setting Limits with Kids Coach Week. We're going to have some fun and get to know each other and set you up for a summer of success. 2022, the summer of 2022 is going to be your best yet. Go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash setting limits. That's mastermindparenting.com forward slash setting limits and sign up for our super special week next week. Enjoy. Welcome to video three of the setting limits with your strong willed child without spanking timeouts or sticker charts. So in the last video, we talked about the punishment method of spanking. And in this video, we'll unpack the concept of timeout. And while it's better than spanking for sure, I'm not going to argue with that. It's still a questionable method. And I'm going to I'm going to talk about why. Okay. So what is timeout? What is timeout? Most of us know what it is. According to the CDC, so I went on the website, I just looked up, Googled timeout just to get kind of a basic definition for you guys. The CDC, CDC cdc.gov website under parenting, timeout is what they you know, they're proponents of, and they say, timeout is when your child's removed from where the misbehavior happened. Your child's away from all things that are fun. This is literally on the CDC website. She does not get any attention in timeout. She cannot interact with her parents or anyone else. Timeout is supposed to be boring. Timeouts work to change problem behaviors because children don't usually like to be bored. Okay. So some proponents of timeout recommend, I've heard, you know, they recommend one minute per year of life as appropriate. Okay, so let's talk about, and I'll kind of demystify this, and I'm going to, you know, I very much disagree with the CDC, which it's just sad to me that this is what the government is telling us is 
a decent parenting method, a decent discipline method. And I want to talk about why it's not. It's not a good discipline method. So the short term, the short term solution and the reason why timeout can seem effective in the short term is because it ends an immediate behavior. It, it, you know, your child does something and all of a sudden you're like, that's it, time out. So it does end a problematic behavior and it helps the parent to feel in control and gives the child a boundary. Like you cannot do X, Y, and Z, you cannot hit, you cannot whatever, I'm going to remove you from the situation and show you that there's a boundary here. And if a parent's like, what am I supposed to do? If I can't smack them, what can I do? Well, I can use timeout. Timeout is going to remove them from the situation. And it's a method that I know I can go to again and again. So it can help the parent feel like at least they can do something, right? At least they're not powerless. But what's the long-term result from timeout? It teaches kids to lie. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay, I'll, 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 I'll kind of break that down for you. It reinforces rebellious behavior. It diminishes critical thinking and problem-solving abilities. It causes disconnection and lack of trust and results in some loneliness for the child. Okay, and this is why. Let me let me now prove all of that to you. So kids live in the present moment. That's part of human development. It's like almost like if you think of them as like little Zen masters or little Buddhas. As adults, so often we're like, oh, I should meditate. Oh, I should stop my swirling thoughts. Because our brains have developed to a place where we, it's hard to turn our thoughts off. You know, it's, it, it's been said that we have somewhere between 60 and 90,000 thoughts a day running through our minds. So our brains don't turn up. But for little humans, they very much live in this moment. Before the age of six or seven, they don't even have the ability to think a thought without it coming out of their mouth. So they don't even have inner speech yet. They can't like think something if, you know, you know how like little kids will talk incessantly. It's because everything that goes through their mind comes out their mouth in this present moment. So they live very much in this present moment. And that is part of being a, a little tiny human. So therefore the argument for timeout being a way for them to be bored and then associate their misbehavior with being bored. It's not realistic because all they're doing in reality is they're in this present moment. And in the present moment, they're in timeout. All they're thinking about is that they had their freedom taken away. They're forced to sit in this chair. They're forced to sit in this room. They're forced to sit in this corner and do nothing. Okay. So when you take away their freedom of choice, when that's removed, they're, they feel controlled, right? That's how, that's the bottom line. And so what do we know about control and freedom from a human evolutionary perspective? What do we know? Humans crave freedom. And when we're not free, we feel imprisoned. Okay. So timeout is a sort of like emotional imprisonment. And when we feel imprisoned, it just feel, it feels unjust. Okay. So what is that child 
actually doing or thinking about in timeout? Are they thinking, I'm so bored. If only I wouldn't have done that thing and I wouldn't have to be bored right now. No, they're thinking that justice is not being served because they feel imprisoned and they're confined to this chair or this space. And naturally, they're going to a place of rebellion in that moment, in this present moment, because that's what humans do when freedom is taken away. So the child's typically thinking about all the ways they're going to seek revenge once they're out of timeout. So if there was another child that was involved in whatever incident got them placed in timeout, they're going to seek justice against that child, right? That sibling. They got them. They're all they're thinking in that moment is they got me in trouble. And now I'm sitting here against my will. They're not like, oh, I'm so bored. They're like, I'm so pissed. I'm so pissed. And if you go to the timeout after the three minutes or the four minutes and you demand an apology or a recap of what happened and them owning their wrongdoing, you know, what got them placed in timeout in the first place, the child learns that they must basically lie and admit to things they don't believe in order to experience their freedom again. Because they're in the moment of having their freedom taken away, all they're thinking about, they're seeing it from their perspective. You know, if they hit someone else, all they're thinking about is how pissed they were and why that person, they were so angry they made them hit them. Now that the, the, the critical thinking hasn't been developed yet in little tiny people. They're not sitting there reflecting. And then when you go and you demand the apology, what they learn is that, um, is that in order for them to be let out of jail, basically time out jail, that they have to lie and admit to things that they don't even believe. So little tiny kids quite often, they're like, hmm. And they refuse to get there. But what they learn when you're like, well, then maybe you need to stay in timeout longer. And when they learn that more of their freedom is going to be taken away, it just teaches them to lie to you. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry. So say you're going to say you're sorry to your brother. Yes. Because they learn that to get their freedom, they have to say they're sorry. But I don't know about you guys. Like, I don't want a bullshit apology. Like when somebody does something wrong to me and then they're like, yeah, sorry. It, I'm like, no, that like, like, let's discuss it. Are you really sorry? Like, I don't want just an apology just to have an apology. I, I that doesn't ever feel like that's going to rectify the situation and, and fix the relationship. So time out, just demanding that they sit there, that you take away their freedom, you control them, you feel all powerful, you teach them to lie to get out of jail, time out jail, but you never get to the root of their behavior and actually help them. Like, why did they hit? What happened right before? Obviously, they have some lagging skills. Why did they refuse to listen or cooperate? Why did they make a big giant mess and then not clean it up? Why did they not follow the rules of the family? So when we put all this effort and energy on teaching them right from wrong and just attacking this, you know, band-aid punishment on top of a behavior, but we never get to the root of the behavior. We never help the child develop the skills to do better next time. 
right? And so it's just this vicious cycle of more timeouts and more timeouts or more timeouts or a lot of sneakiness to avoid the timeout, but not necessarily improving their behavior, just doing it where they don't get busted. So this approach ultimately leaves the child feeling less connected to you and like you're on opposing teams, like you're not helping them. You're just here to imprison them. And it damages your relationship as well as their relationship with the sibling that got them into trouble if that was the situation that sent them there. So here's a scenario that a mom posted. She says, my four and a half year old is so intelligent for her age and so strong-willed. Every day is a fight to get her to listen to me. What do I do? I've tried spanking, hand on clothed butt. I guess that makes it better if you're not like smacking her bare ass. Um, I've tried time out. I've tried taking stuff from her. I'm at my wit's end. My husband works all the time and I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom raising three girls. So yeah, she sees none of it's working. None of it's working. So what's going on with this four and a half year old who's very smart and strong-willed? Okay. Mom is basically doing this all by herself. Mom has three girls. Little four and a half year old has learned that when she seeks negative intention, when she does the things that are going to piss mom off, she gets all of mom's attention, um, at least for a minute. And so mom needs to be a more, you know, effective pack leader, as I like to say, which you're the leader of your pack. You set the tone. You got three little girls. Your reality is your partner does it working all the time. This is all you. So how's the household running? What's the structure? What's the systems? What is everybody getting enough sleep? What are our meals? What are our snacks? Are we working as a team? Is mom feeling like it's all on her shoulders or is she, is she enlisting the three little girls to work together to help run the household and, you know, having them help fold the clothes and do the chores and, and do all the things. How is mom managing the household? It sounds like mom probably is operating in a state of chaos and there's a story in mom's head of, I'm just one person. I've got these three little kids and I, you know, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. And here's the deal. These little tiny people, you know, you brought them into the world. It's up to you to develop those leadership skills, to set the tone and help them do better. And this pattern, this little four and a half year old who's figured out that she gets lots of mom's attention when she doesn't listen, when, you know, and that's why none of the things are working. Taking away her freedom isn't helping the child to improve her behavior. Spanking, of course not. It's just damaging the relationship and the child's strong willed. She's like, yeah. So what if you spank me? You think that's going to make me do better? I'm not going to sit in fear. I'm just going to come up against you again and again and again, because that's what strong-willed kids do. And taking stuff away, I don't care. You know what it means when a kid says, I don't care? It means I don't feel cared about. So this little four and a half year old struggling, and she needs more pack leadership from mom. She needs mom to set the tone of the household and help her to have outlets to do better, to be part of the solution, to feel a sense of, I'm a valuable team member of this family. I help mom with younger sister. I helped fold the clothes today. I had some fun with mom. We had some special moments. 
She kissed my face off and told me how delicious I was. We had some music going on in the background. She needs mom to set the positive tone. But as long as mom's like, woe is me, I'm just one person. I've got these three kids and one strong-willed. Calgon, take me away. It's going to continue in this cycle of chaos. Okay, so to wrap up timeout, the short-term solution that timeout accomplishes is it ends an immediate misbehavior and it helps the parent to feel in control and it gives the child a boundary. The long-term result is that it teaches a kid to lie. It reinforces rebellious behavior, right? Because they're sitting there thinking, when freedom's taken away, guess what humans want to do? They want to rebel. They don't like it. They don't like, no human likes feeling controlled. It diminishes critical thinking and problem-solving ability because you're not modeling critical thinking and problem-solving ability. You're just modeling overpowering someone smaller than you and taking away their freedom rather than walking your child through a productive conversation, getting to the root of the misbehavior and helping them to problem-solve what went wrong and what they could do differently next time. You miss that whole point by just demanding an apology and taking away their freedom. It really is lazy parenting. You're not taking the time to lead them through a problem-solving, productive conversation. And I get it. Most of us don't know how to do that. And that's what I'm here to say. These are all skills that you can learn. And parenting is the perfect opportunity to practice these skills, you know, especially for women. As women, many of us were conditioned not to have leadership energy. We were conditioned to not say anything too harshly or not give a command too directly. We beat around the bush. Hey, it's time for a bath. Okay. Like little kids live in the present moment. They're very literal. They need you to show up. It's bath time in five minutes. I'm going to set the timer. Did you want to push the button or do you want me? When the timer goes off, what's what, what's happening, guys? Bath time. That's right. Bath time. That means walk upstairs in the bath. That's what they need. They don't need the okays. If you give them an okay, they're so literal, they're going to ignore you because they're thinking, not okay. I'm very happy here. I don't want to take a bath. So this is an opportunity for us to learn how to be more effective communicators. And little kids give us this opportunity to hone this new skill set all day, every day. Guess what happens when we learn how to communicate in this way where we lead the people the way we want them to behave? We help them. We set the tone. It's kind of like that if you ever had a teacher or, you know, I, I like to use the example of remember the movie Mary Poppins? If you watch that movie as an adult, watch how Mary Poppins, the minute she gets there, she's has Jane and Michael tidying up the playroom, putting things away, bringing order, bringing structure. Yes, she brings playfulness. Yes, she brings cheerfulness. But if you watch it as an adult, there is an assertive pack leader type energy that Mary Poppins brings to the table. And they love it. They feel so safe with her and there's some play involved and it's there's some silliness and there's some sugar that goes with the medicine when you have to take the medicine down. She meets the kids where they are, but she is no doormat, that Mary Poppins. She sets the tone. She sets the tone. The kids rise to the occasion and that's what kids are capable of. Okay. So time out. 
Okay. Although it's better than spanking because it's at least not violent. And I know if y'all are like, oh, spanking, violence, hitting other people, nobody wants their kids to hit other kids. So why would we think it's okay to hit our kids? Why is that an established parenting practice that people aren't necessarily questioning all the time? Hitting people is violent. It's not okay. I don't want my kids growing up thinking that they solve problems by getting into bar brawls. I want them being civilized, problem-solving people who they're not going to engage in that kind of ridiculousness. Absolutely not. So even though it's better, even though timeout's better because it doesn't promote violence, it's still questionable. It's a questionable discipline strategy because it ultimately results in a less connected relationship between you and your child, and it leads kids to lie and ultimately rebel due to the loss of freedom and feeling controlled. No human wants to feel controlled. So in the next video, we're going to unpack the positive reinforcement discipline method of sticker charts and rewards. And uh, yeah, so look, looking forward to discussing that one with you guys. Well, if you've enjoyed listening to the Setting Limits bonus series this week, you must join me live for our Setting Limits Coach Week. Next week, where I'm going to be going more in depth and coaching many of you through your specific scenarios. So you're going to be ready to set limits as a confident, loving leader that makes fun, beautiful memories during the summer of 2022 and beyond. 2022 and beyond. Go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash setting limits to sign up. I cannot wait to see you guys next week.